It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Jenner here. Coming up on A to Z, why the Falcons were more about the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's. As well, the Hall of Fame is becoming increasingly a bigger joke. I'll explain why. And college football playoff is set. That's coming up next on A to Z. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. How did we get here? If you're not the number one pick, guess what? You have no guarantee. That's where you are. And it starts. Does that make me a genius? Yes. Now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Land, where today I tell you it's about execution. Welcome in. We are live here. Happy Monday. Appreciate you guys joining us. A to Z brought to you by our friends at betonline.net as we got a big show for you. So much to do today. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M A R K Z I N N O. Make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We're on Roku TV. Let's get it started because uh, we are here on a Monday. And once again, uh, from the moment the game ended yesterday, we're back to this ridiculous conversation about Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. Uh, We are back to this ridiculous conversation of thinking that all of a sudden a changing quarterback is going to change the results. Uh, We're back to this ridiculous conversation and thinking that maybe we should just try this out for a goof and see how things go. You guys haven't realized that that's not the coach that you have, period. It's not the GM that you have. It's not the coach that you have. And I don't know why. I don't know what sort of more of a signal you need that that's not the tandem that you have here. And that's actually a good thing. Like You don't need the, well, let's just try it for a goof kind of coach. When you're in a rebuild, nothing is done capriciously. Nothing is done arbitrarily. Everything should be planned and laid out. And that's exactly what Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot are doing. And I'm okay with it. This has nothing to do with Arthur Smith being stubborn. This has nothing to do with, you know, the the idea that, well, we need to know what we have in Desmond Ritter. They know what they have. They know very well what they've had. They, they, they've had hundreds of hours of practice tape through training camp and, and, and leading up to the season and all throughout practice tape, all throughout the year. They know what they have. They know exactly what they have. And, and I can tell you with a fair amount of certainty – it ain't better than what's trotting out there right now. So there's that. But the reason the Falcons lost another close game yesterday had nothing to do, really, with the quarterback situation. It, it, it genuinely, like, let me rephrase that. It had a little to do with quarterback, but it, it's not as much as you think. Like, go back and remember how the game unfolded, Okay. Just take a look at the Falcons' very first drive, down 3 nothing. They are driving the ball from their own 21. They're at their own 42, first and 10. What happens is, I'm sorry, second and 10, rather. Uh, Caleb Huntley runs for eight yards, and guess what? Oh, it's a holding call on Felipe Franks. Make that second and 15, guess what? Incomplete pass. Third and 15, false start, Jake Matthews. Now we're third and 20. That ends up being a punt. Next drive was a field goal. Next drive was a touchdown. The final drive of the half right there was they had to pass the whole entire time, which isn't necessarily a formula for success. We know this because they're under two minutes, and they tried to get a score, and it didn't work. Okay. Go to the first drive of the second half. Right? What happens here? 
get the ball at their own 26. First and 10 from their own 37. Now second and six from their own, own 41. Um, Mario does incomplete. Third and six, what happens? Delay a game penalty. Sloppy. Makes it third and 11. Guess what? Incomplete. Hunt the ball away. Next drive was a touchdown. Next drive was a field goal. And then finally, at the end of the game, had expired. And oh, by the way, the last two drives were a total of 24 plays that went for 139 yards and resulted in points. Game was about the players. Wasn't about the coach. Wasn't necessarily about the quarterback. You had guys jump off sides. You had holding calls that stalled drives out. What, what did that have to do? Marcus Mariota didn't jump off sides. Marcus Mariota didn't hold. I'm not sitting here making excuses for Marcus Mariota. I've been as critical as play as anybody. <laughs> Excuse me. You threw some bad balls yesterday. Underthrew some guys. Um, you know, the one to Kadero Hodge that, that hit Hodge right in the hands when he jumped up in the face. Yeah. If he throws that over him and Hodge, who's five yards behind the defender, can just run into the end zone, it's an easy catch. I'm not saying Hodge shouldn't have caught it. Should have caught it. But, like, Mariota is not a high-level quarterback. I'm not saying he is. But you're not going to get anything better out of out of Desmond Ritter. Well, you know, how do you know that? Because the coach has told us so. He's told us without telling us. Pay attention. That's all you got to do. Just pay attention. Pay attention to what you're, what you're being told. Pay attention to what's in front of you. Oh, it's the bye week. Oh, we absolutely have to bring him in for the final four games. No, you don't. If you're bringing him in for the final four games, you are literally punting on the rest of the season. You don't know that. No, I do. The coach told us so. They're giving up on the chance that they could even get in the playoffs, whatever the record may be. Do I think they'll have some serious conversations about this week? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. I think they will 100% have serious conversations about what they want to do. I think, as a matter of fact, as well, the Buccaneers' next two games could decide a little bit more than we may be giving it credit for. Because if the Buccaneers win on Monday Night Football, they'll be 6-6. Six and six. If they win the following week, which they play the 49ers, who are now a completely different team after Jimmy Garoppolo's injury, and they go 7-6, and six, Falcons are two behind with four to play. And in reality, they lose one more and the Buccaneers win one more. It's it, right? They'll be three behind with three to play, and they'd have to sweep them. And the Falcons would need to have the tiebreaker in the division, which I don't know that they would necessarily have. Let me look at the standings real quick uh, as we're going along doing this. Probably should have looked at that ahead of time. I apologize, but I'll tell you right now. The Falcons' division record isn't good. That much I do know. They're one and three. Um, so at best, they can only be three and three. And when is the It's the Saints is the second to last game. Yeah, okay, so that's what it is, right. All right, so the Falcons have the Saints coming out of the bye. So if they lose that game coming out of the bye, division is done, and they're out of the playoffs. That's what will happen. If the Buccaneers win the next two, the Falcons can lose to the Saints, and that would be the end of their season. Then you would see Ritter for the final three games, which is what we've said all along. He won't be in there until the Falcons are eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, it's we, we've heard the same thing over and over again. I don't know why everybody, all the sports media, all my colleagues in this town are doing the same ridiculous thing every single week. You're banging your head against the wall, and, and you're not really giving any credit to the coach who obviously has done an amazing job. Oh, by the way, in case you didn't look at the numbers from yesterday, 
Falcons ran for 150 yards on the ground. Against one of the best run defenses in the league. That's two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row that they have run for 150 on two of the toughest run defenses in the league. Oh, the defense is playing so well. No, they're facing really bad offenses. Steelers are a bad offense. Commanders are a bad offense. Right? The Bears are only becoming a good offense. The Panthers are a bad offense. Chargers are a banged-up team. I mean, you know, they haven't faced a good offense since they faced the Bengals, and the defense gave up 35. I don't want to take anything away from the defense. They still can't get off the field on third down. It's a major problem. But, you know, you could argue the defense is doing their job. And, yes, you hold a team at 19 points two weeks in a row, you would like to win that game. Blame the guys who jump off sides and get false starts. Change the complexion of the drive. It's that simple. I mean, it, it was one of those games where the Falcons only had, I think, eight drives the entire game. I'll count it up again here real quick. Not a big margin for error. One, two, three, four in the first half. One, two, three, four in the second half. And the one in the second, the fourth one in the second half was with like 40 seconds left from their own one-yard line. I mean, they literally scored on half their possessions. I, what do I want to tell you? They, they literally put up points on four of their seven possessions. I mean, look at the thing objectively, folks. Do you want touchdowns more than field goals? Sure you do. Could they have scored more points? Probably. But this isn't, if you're still hung up on the quarterback thing, you're kind of not paying attention. And again, all these close games they're losing, I guarantee will pay off next year. I guarantee you they'll pay off next year. But can't keep having this conversation about Ritter. It's a waste of your time. When the Falcons get eliminated, you'll see Ritter. That's when it'll happen. So you got to wait two more weeks. That'll be it. All right. uh, We're going to get to the Hall of Fame here because I have some very, very strong thoughts at this point in time because I don't know how much more I can watch this Go on, but uh, nonetheless, before we get to that, word from our friends at betonline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, so Fred McGriff gets elected by the contemporary era to the Hall of Fame last night. And let me stress by saying this is not about Fred McGriff. This is not about his candidacy for the Hall of Fame, whether he necessarily belongs in or not. I'm not really sure that matters. What is happening across the board, and not only Major League Baseball, it is happening uh, to the NFL and everything else. We we are constantly moving the goalposts on what it takes to get in the Hall of Fame, not only from a player statistical standpoint, but from a voting standpoint. So let me get this straight. Like, let's just understand this, right? Um, we had a criteria for the Hall of Fame where we had the voters, and then if the voters didn't vote you in, then we all of a sudden developed this veterans committee. And if the Veterans Committee didn't vote you in, then we developed this contemporary committee. So let me get this straight. 
the writers didn't vote you in. We got another committee. If that committee didn't vote you in, we got another committee to that committee. So we have to go. You get three iterations to actually get into the Hall of Fame. Three. Shouldn't be that way. I mean, it's kind of really, you know, simple. Like, if you want to be a lawyer or you want to be a doctor, there is a standard of what you must pass on your LSATs, on your GMATs, or whatever it is, or not GMATs, what's the, forget the uh, doctor school, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, if you don't get there the first time, guess what? You don't get to go take a next test and then have the grade be lower to get in. And if you don't do that, then have the grade be lower again the third time to get it. Like, what are we doing here as far as the standard for the Hall of Fame? When did we get to this point where if you don't get in, guess what? You're just not a Hall of Famer. That's it. Like, when do we get to a point where that is not the okay result? Maybe it's because we're, we're, we're I'll say it, maybe we're just a soft-ass society now. Maybe just because all of a sudden we're all about inclusivity and everything, that if we leave somebody out of the Hall of Fame, we might offend them and hurt their feelings. What the hell is going on? Guys, it's okay to leave people out of the Hall of Fame. It doesn't mean they're bad players. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean they're bad anything. It just means they're not a Hall of Famer. And I've said this before routinely. This probably comes from my military background. Uh, and we are very diligent in how we give out awards in the military, and we don't hand them out very capriciously. And if you don't get the award, guess what? There's almost next to zero reviews of that process. Now, you could argue there should be a review of the process. But there should be a review of the process if something was done wrong, right? You can always resubmit an award if you want. But I say all this to say that, like, there's a standard for the Medal of Honor, right? Um, there's a standard for a Silver Star. If you start slowly bringing that standard back, you know, like you don't need to do X, Y, and Z to get a Medal of Honor. We just need to pull it back a little bit. Then you pull back the one for the Silver Star. Guess what? Everybody's going to start to get these things. And you know what that means? They mean less. It means nothing. Right, we started the, the same thing happened in the NFL at the Pro Bowl. Guess what? Oh, the first seven guys backed out. Tyrod Taylor gets in. What? What are we doing here? If they don't want to play, fine. You put a sub in there, but guess what? They, they don't get the title of being a Pro Bowl. Like I, I just, I, I, we got to this point, and I don't understand how where, where we have these multiple iterations of how to get into the Hall of Fame. It's really simple. If you don't get in, you're not in. Deal with it. Like. I, why do we have to put everybody in? They put your fandom aside. Honestly, put your fandom aside. Diehard Yankee fan. Been my entire life. Do I think Don Mattingly is a Hall of Famer? Not only no, but hell no. And eventually this contemporary era is going to put him in, I guarantee you. Because here's what's happened now with the contemporary era committee. And this was brought up by Jason Stark and Buster Olney. Like, there's a total of 48 votes. You need at least 12. You can only vote for three people, max. And... The idea that Fred McGriff getting in this way was as much of a, a statement about him as it was against the steroid guys. And I am more and more on the side now, the fact that we're leaving the steroid, that, that Bonds and Clemens in particular being left out makes the Hall of Fame more and more a joke because those two clearly had Hall of Fame resumes before they ever touched a PED. And we're going to leave them out. It, it, it's it's ridiculous at this point. Hall of Fame voting has become a joke across the board in all of these sports. It, it's nauseating to me. And you're all going to sit here and say, "Zeno, get off my lawn. You're the get off my lawn guy. Why? why you mean you know, like no? I, I just I don't know. Again, maybe it's the military guy in me. I just have a set of standards that I adhere to. 
period. You know, like in the military, we take a physical fitness test. There's a pass line and there's a fail line. If you don't get there, guess what? You failed. You got to do it again. It's not a, well, you know, they were only one push-up short. Well, uh, it's okay. You know, we'll do a review and maybe try to find another push-up somewhere. No, 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 you didn't get in. You didn't pass, period. It's done. It's over. And again, this isn't about Fred McGriff, Braves fans. Don't get all pissy. Do I think Fred McGriff is a Hall of Famer? No, I, I genuinely don't. Because here's the problem, and this is the perfect illustration of it. Sure, Fred McGriff's a Hall of Famer. I'll ask you a question. Mark DeShera, Hall of Famer? No. Paul Canerco, a Hall of Famer? No. They have so many comparable stats to Fred McGriff, it's not even funny. So now once you let McGriff in, now you have to open the conversation to Teixeira, to Canerco. And when you let them in, then you have to open the conversation back even further to lesser and lesser guys. Where does the line stop? When do we stop moving the goalposts? When do we stop moving the line to get into the Hall of Fame? You tell me, because I don't know when it's going to stop. 500 home runs is the standard. You get 500 home runs, you go in. McGriff's got 493. Oh, well. If you need a 1,200 on your SATs to get into a school and you get an 1,190, guess what? Oh, well, you don't get in. It's okay. I, I just, I, I don't get when we got to this point where all of a sudden, this is like, oh, my God. We've offended Fred McGriff. We've offended Dale Murphy. We've offended Don Mattingly and Kurt Schilling and everybody else because they can't get in the Hall of Fame. I'll get it. I don't get it. Maybe you guys do. Again, could I be wrong? Possibly. Do I think I am? No. I think I've hit this one right on the head. I, 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 again, and you guys let your fandom get in the way. I don't. I don't, I don't get emotional about this stuff. I, I do it with objectivity. And that's the way it should be treated, with objectivity. Blind resumes across the board. Sorry, Fred McGriff. You led the league in home runs twice. Never led the league again in any other statistical category ever. Now, could you argue, well, when the steroid guys took over and took all the numbers? Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, honestly, I don't. Like, I don't know how to say it. He finished top five in the MVP voting once. Once. Five all-star teams in 20 years. What are we doing here? And again, I have to point out all the bad stuff to make it look like he doesn't belong in when there might be a case for him to get in, but I don't think he should be in. Harold Baines shouldn't be in. There's a bunch of guys who shouldn't be in. And the NFL is even worse. The NFL is a joke the way they put people in the Hall of Fame. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox now. I feel like I've said enough. If you don't agree with me, you don't, you, you're never going to agree with me. But you're also not going to change my mind. I like standards. I like rules. I like, you know, the idea of you have to be X to, to, to get Y. And if you're not X, guess what? No fruit cup. I want to remind you guys to make sure you check out Locked On Falcons with Aaron Freeman. We appreciate you guys making it your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts you guys know what time it is ah, time to hand out a shovel of wisdom brace yourselves because it's time for the shovel of wisdom 
Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We have to whack somebody upside the head for saying or doing something stupid. You can do so on my Twitter account, at Markzino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Just use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to NFL schedule makers. Yeah. Um, just doing a little forecasting, looking ahead. Kind of forgot about this until last night. Uh, you know, it's December. It's the holiday season. oop de oop and dippity dop and don't forget to hang up your sock kind of deal. Uh, we are just three weeks away from the week of Christmas. Hope you've got your shopping done. And uh, because Christmas happens to fall on a Sunday, the NFL typically does this whenever Christmas falls on a Sunday. They make all their games go on Saturday on Christmas Eve, not Christmas Day. You know, respect families in America and, you know, all that other stuff. But this year, the NFL decided to go head to head with the NBA and uh, say, hey, NBA used Christmas Day used to be for the NBA only. Guess what? NFL is going to take over. Why? Because we are the ratings kings and we're going to take over. Yeah. Um, they missed the boat on the uh, teams they picked for Christmas Day. Uh, right now, uh, as it stands, there is only one team with a winning record set to play on Christmas Day. Remember these matchups, guys? Green Bay at Miami at the 1 o'clock. Denver at the Rams at 4.30. What a puke, disgusting matchup that is. Thank God there's basketball on. Uh, and then Tampa Bay at Arizona in the nightcap. Yeah. Like, honestly, the NFL should flex some of this stuff. Just do it. Like, who cares? Just do it. You got Washington, San Fran, Philadelphia, Dallas, Cincinnati. You can put Cincinnati, New England on Christmas Day for crying out loud. Hell, Seattle, Kansas City. You got so many options. Like, seriously. Just just flex, just flex two of those games. The ones during the day. I don't need the night one. I'll be fat and happy and drunk by that point in time. I don't care. Awful. And again, there was no way for the NFL to know who was going to be good and who wasn't. But dear, how unfortunate is it for them that uh they went through all of this. Uh, to put this Christmas Day schedule together, thinking, you know, you get Aaron Rodgers and 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 the Miami Dolphins, you know, you get two markets like Denver, Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford and the Rams and Denver and AFC contender, NFC contender. <laughs> Tampa Bay, who stinks against Arizona, who stinks. <laughs> Good job, NFL. Can't win them all, right? There you go. There's that. Okay. Uh, college football playoff is set. Georgia and Ohio State and Michigan and TCU. I've said this all weekend long, and I'll say it again. Uh, and I told you guys two weeks ago there was a path for Bama to get to the playoffs. Everybody told me I was crazy. There's no way all five of those things can happen. Guess what? All five of those things did happen. And I'm not sitting here telling you Alabama should be in the playoff because I don't necessarily believe Alabama should be in the playoff. However, comma, if you didn't want to see a semifinal matchup on New Year's Eve of Georgia, Bama, Michigan, Ohio State, you must hate everything in life. You certainly don't love college football. You don't love Christmas. You don't love holidays. You don't love chocolate. You don't love sex. You don't love beer. You don't love everything that's great in this world. Because literally, those two games going on the same day on New Year's Eve would stop the world from rotating on its axis. That would be the greatest day, the greatest single day in the history of college football had they done it. And I really wish they would have. I don't care if they didn't deserve it. I don't care. Georgia, Bama, Michigan, Ohio State would have been chaos. And we were oh so close. 
We were oh so close. Damn you, Brian Kelly, for getting that two-point conversion. Damn you. Bama has one last loss there. That's it. They, they would have been in. It was that simple. Really, really, really would have been that simple. But anyway, we could dream. It'll never happen again. Anyway, um, Georgia taking on Ohio State. Look, this line at six and a half is really curious to me. Um, and remember, in years past, most of these semifinal games have been blowouts. I haven't been interesting. So, but, you know, I, I mean, and I say this, I don't say this to slight Georgia. I don't say this to, um, you know, I, I don't say this to sort of irritate any Georgia fans. I'm actively going to try to find a way to bet Ohio State. Like I gotta, I gotta see where they can have an edge, um, and that that will be my determining of, of of how much Georgia can really win this game by. Because I genuinely only think there are two outcomes for Georgia: they blow them out or they lose by a field goal. I, I don't see a scenario where Georgia only wins by a field goal. I don't see a scenario. I definitely don't see a scenario where Ohio State blows them out. Um, but I think genuinely, you know, the 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 point stands that. It's one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I can I can objectively say that Georgia is the better team, but their Ohio State is one of the few teams in the nation that can match Georgia talent wise pretty much at every position. Like they, Ohio State's not getting outclassed from a talent perspective; they've got enough enough bodies, right? They've got enough bodies, so. You know, um, yeah, I am. I am very much a guy who looks at it and goes, uh, "This is the matchup we've wanted to see for a while, and I hope it's as good as built." I genuinely do. I don't know that it will be, but I genuinely believe that that uh, this will be a closer matchup than a lot of people want to give it credit for. On the flip side, Michigan TCU. I, I mean, I don't really have to look hard. Um, TCU is likely going to be outclassed. They're going to be pushed around in that game. Um, I, I could be wrong. You know, uh, again, I've covered both these teams all season long from, you know, mostly a betting perspective. But, you know, obviously you get a much different, a much, much different, you know, um, view of things when you look through that through that prism. And TCU has got a, a very good offense and one that can move the ball really well. I'm not sure how they're going to be able to run on Michigan. Uh, and can they pass block long enough for Max Duggan not to get killed? Those are the two questions that I have. And I think the answer is no. That's essentially it. But yeah, we'll see. Going to be fun. Going to be absolutely fun. Uh, excited for the college football playoff and all the bowls this year. A lot of good bowls that set up really well. Um, the the bowls on January 2nd, not New Year's Day. The rest of the New Year's 6, all really good ones, with the exception of the Illinois-Mississippi State one, which is kind of like, eh, I'll pass. Not really what I was looking for. So, by the way, did you guys see what Deion Sanders said in his first press conference at Colorado? Just smack him in the face with some brutal truth, some brutal honesty. The kids, the look, go, go check out the video online. The looks on those kids' faces when he was talking, they, they were, they were apoplectic. They're like, is he, is he joking? Is this real? Am I, what am I supposed to do? Like, what do I say? Like, you just told us all to get in the transfer portal. What do we do? <laughs> it was pretty impressive to say the least. All right. That'll do it for us here on ADZ. 
Again, uh, make sure you guys check out Locked On Falcons every day for your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Back tomorrow for a Tuesday show. You guys have a great day. Don't take a crap from anybody. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.